grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's start with this. It looks something like this, only instead of this length, it's about four feet long. At the time of Jesus' birth in the first century, a fearsome weapon has come to the fore. The Greek word for it is rumphia, a rumphia. So fearsome is this weapon in battle that the armies of the Roman Empire, when they discover that their enemies are starting to deploy the use of a rumphia, they actually have to change their tactics in order to deal with this fearsome weapon. It has a broad sword, blade, and it is used for thrusting. And because of its makeup and its design, every soldier knows that the last place you want to be is on the business end of a rumphia because it is capable of running straight through you. Now, we'll come back to that in a moment. Now to the word of God before us in Luke chapter 2. Every indication is that this man before us is an old man. His name is Simeon. Perhaps he is old enough even to remember when the Roman troops rolled in and took over his country. Since that time, the vast majority of his fellow citizens have become absolutely obsessed with finding some way to drive out the hated Romans, and a way in which they have become fixated on this is to become fixated on the Old Testament promises of a coming Messiah. They think that when this Messiah comes, he will gather and rally our people and he will gather troops around him and he will drive out the Romans. And then the people of Israel will be the superpower. He will bring economic prosperity and all will be well. Well, that obsession and that mindset has filtered down and affected their religious life as well. Simeon is very well aware that the religious leadership of his people at this time have two major factions. One is the Pharisees, the Pharisees who, who have d decided that they are going to add all kinds of additional rules and regulations to what God has already proclaimed in his word, thinking that if they can obey these and they can obey even above and beyond what God commands, they can behave themselves into favor with God, and in so doing, they believe they have the right to look down on everybody else who does not measure up to their standard. Those are the Pharisees. Another faction of their leadership 
is the Sadducees. The Sadducees have taken a different approach. They are almost secular in their approach to God and religion. They dismiss many of the teachings from the Old Testament, and it seems as though their thinking is that if we are prosperous and if we are materially successful, that is the true sign that God's favor is upon you. And so with the Pharisees doing their thing and the Sadducees doing their thing, and most of his fellow citizens being obsessed about the coming of the Messiah, being some great military leader, Simeon stands out because Simeon is different. Luke records that Simeon is waiting for the consolation of Israel. You see, Simeon knows about the promises of the coming Messiah, but when he thinks of the coming Messiah, what comes to mind for him are passages from God's Word in the Old Testament. For instance, in the book of Isaiah, where God through Isaiah says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And so Simeon is one of the very few at this time who is looking for a Savior, but he's not looking for a Savior who will drive out the Romans. He's not looking for a Savior who will bring economic prosperity and make the, the people of Israel the superpower. He is looking for a Savior from sin. We also learn from Luke that God in his grace has chosen to grant Simeon special revelations from God. And one of the revelations that Simeon has received from God is, Simeon, you will not die until you have seen the Messiah, the Savior, with your own eyes. Well, the day comes where God the Holy Spirit directs Simeon to go to the temple courts in Jerusalem. Now, we have to understand that the, that the temple complex at, the time, at this time in Jerusalem is massive and it's huge and it's the center point of all life around the, the entire region and so there are people coming to and fro from, from every corner and it's busy and it's crowded all the time and in Simeon comes in all this activity but with all these people running back and forth God the Holy Spirit directs him to this very nondescript little family of three, a mom and a dad, and a baby, just a few weeks old. And the Holy Spirit directs Simeon to them, and he walks up to them. And no doubt to the great surprise of Mary and Joseph, this elderly man takes the baby from Mary and holds him 
in his own arms. And as he holds this weeks old baby, he has some things to say. First, he says to Mary, one thing he says is that to Mary, that this child will grow up to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Those who reject him will fall spiritually. Those who by God's grace trust in him will rise. He also says something disturbing to Mary. He says, and this is the word he uses, a rumphia will pierce through your soul. Sometime in the future, there will come a moment in connection with your own child, something that will be so horrific and terrible and painful for you, the grief will be so profound that it will feel as if a rumphia is slicing through your very soul. Simeon also says this as he holds this baby. He proclaims to God, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, Lord, you can take me home to heaven now because you fulfilled your promise. I can depart in peace. Here's why. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This little baby in Simeon's arms will grow up and fulfill every last one of Simeon's words. This child, God the Son, become a human being, an infant, will grow up to live an absolutely perfect life as a substitute for all of fallen humanity. And then this child will go on to take upon himself all of the atrocities and all of the crimes and all of the wrongs and all of the failures, all of the sins of all people who have ever lived and will ever live. And he will carry them to a cross outside of the walls of Jerusalem and he will willingly hang on that cross and absorb God's righteous justice until every last transgression is washed away. And while that is going on, Mary, his mother, will stand at the foot of the cross and see what is happening. And that is when the Ramphia will feel as if it is ramming through her soul. But that will end. Because three days later, that same Christ child will raise himself back to life and give the living promise to everyone who trusts in him that they have a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that the world cannot give. We're at the end of the year. 
What are some of the headlines that have come and gone over these past 12 months? Here are a few. Perhaps some of them you remember. Maybe some of them are already forgotten. One headline, the U.S. shoots down a Chinese spy balloon. You remember that one? Regional, some regional banks fail, prompting federal investigation. Taylor Swift begins a massive tour. Hollywood writers go on strike. A submersible designed to carry tourists down to explore the Titanic, ironically itself called the Titan, implodes and sinks, taking the lives of all aboard. Interest rates jump to their highest rate in 22 years. There are wildfires on one of the islands of Hawaii, wiping out a town claiming the lives of 99. Noted people have passed away, such as Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, the TV star Matthew Perry. Hamas launches an attack on Israel, and war explodes in the Middle East. The arrival of the practical use of AI, of artificial intelligence, is here. There are advances in battling Alzheimer's. There are advances in battling cancer. All of these headlines, and that's not to mention all the headlines having to do with politics or crimes or other notable deaths or other natural disasters. All these headlines have come and gone as they will continue to come and go. But as they come and go, the greatest news, the greatest news is what Simeon proclaims while he holds a baby in his arms. My eyes have seen your salvation, Lord. The Christ has come. And because of what he has done on our behalf, you and I now bask in a kind of peace we cannot even fully grasp. The peace of forgiveness. The peace of being surrounded by God's grace. The peace of knowing that we have a God who guides even the bitter, awful moments of life for our good. The peace of knowing that he will carry us until the moment he takes us home. That is the peace that Simeon proclaimed. That is the peace you and I possess. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.